It's the end of the world as we know it, and I feel fine. That crazy starts with an earthquake, birds, snakes, and aeroplanes. Many fruits are not afraid. I have a machine, listen to yourself, the world, but it don't need something to your own head. Beat it up and I've seen got no seats. The ladder from the platter with the fear fight down. Like fire in a fire, with the system of the gang, the government for hiring the combat site. But it wasn't coming in a hurry, but you're getting it down your neck. Welcome to the Doom and Bloom Hour with medical preparedness experts, Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy. Your source for information on how to succeed if everything else fails. And now, your hosts, Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy. This is the hour of doom. And bloom. That's right, friends and neighbors. It is the hour of doom and bloom. So welcome to the Survival Medicine Hour with Joe and Amy Alden, the period of perfect perception <laughs> in a perilous world. I'm Joe Alden, MD, also known as Dr. Bones of doomandbloom.net, where you'll find close to 900 posts, videos, and podcasts on medical preparedness for any disaster. And I'm Amy Alton, also known as... Nurse, nurse Amy. Amy. beautiful nurse Amy. <laughs> I am an advanced registered nurse practitioner and a certified nurse midwife. And the hostess with the mostest. Our mission is to put a medically prepared person in every family for any disaster. And indeed we are the dynamic duo, the perfect pair, <laughs> the gang of two. And we're here just to help you keep it together, even if everything else falls apart. Friends and neighbors, have you been injured in an accident? With a headstrong hamster, I'll bet. Don't worry, our attorney says, though, call Dr. Bone. Don't call me. Call Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy and listen to this. All information given and opinions voiced on Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy's Survival Medicine Hour are for entertainment purposes only and do not represent medical advice for anything other than post apocalyptic settings. Post pick a peck of pickled pepper ellipse. Post to pick a nose mm-hmm. settings. <laughs> no contract or provider patient relationship exists or is implied between the hosts and listeners. Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy strongly urge their audience to seek modern and standard medical care whenever and wherever it is available. Ah, but when the poop hits a propeller, it's a darn good idea to learn what to do for injuries and illnesses. That's just smart. Shows that you guts you a brain, <laughs> brother. <laughs> now, smarter still would be to get some supplies, don't you think? Maybe even from, shameless plug, the beautiful Nurse Amy's entire line of often imitated, never equaled medical kits at store.doomandbloom.net. I think I'm going to have to give you a drum roll next time. Brrr. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what's up, pup? We learn as much from you, clearly. As then you do from us, so connect with us. It is easy. Here's the lovely nurse Amy to tell you how. Yes, find us 
at our email. Write to us about comments, questions, suggestions, anything like that at dr, that's like doctor, but just dr bones, B-O-N-E-S, podcast, which is what you're listening to right now. P-O-D-C-A-S-T at AOL.com. Find us on Facebook at our group, Survival Medicine, Dr. Bones, and Nurse Amy. We have a couple of Facebook pages. We have Doom and Bloom and Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy show. Personal Facebook is Joe Alton, M.D., Let's see. Face, uh, Twitter. Twitter. Oh, Twitter. Okay. Got to do Twitter. The little Tweety Bird. At Prepper Show is our Twitter right. username. <laughs> and don't forget our YouTube channel at DR Bones Nurse Amy. That's all one word. And our other podcast and current events is we American Survival yeah. Radio. That's right. A current events station, but we do actually have opinions other than medical opinions on it so beware Le- leaning a little right no <laughs> maybe i don't know slightly <laughs> try to do fair and balanced though i will uh, say well we thank our friends from the prepper broadcasting network from the usa emergency broadcasting network shake and wake radio and survival central and any other network that replays our show and also Our American Survival Radio Show is syndicated with KPJC, Relevant News Talk Radio out of Salem, Oregon, and the voice of Lubbock, Texas, Radio KRFE. And hey, don't forget to come see us when we travel the country spreading the good word of disaster medical preparedness. (laughs) We'll be in Pensacola, Florida on December 17th to 18th at the RK Prepper Show at the Pensacola interstate fairgrounds and we're also going to be in huntsville alabama january 7th we haven't been there we actually we have, have not. not been to the panhandle although i was born on eglin air force base in pensacola which is right there well no, it's not near pensacola in, yeah pensacola. it's on the way to pensacola from us driving from the south but we have neither of us have been in alabama no we haven't been in a long time long, right, ever i i my dad says that I was there, I think, when I was little. Right. I don't know what he it's was doing in Alabama. It's been years. But I've never, as an adult, even driven through it. Because right. usually when we drive north, we go specifically through Atlanta because my dad lives there. So we always want to see him. So on our way up north is always via Georgia. And that's not it. We're going to have a whole schedule for 2017. We're working on it now. We're well, also, by the way, going to be in Nolens. Louisiana. Well, that's the one I wanted to mention. March that 4th is, to 5th. That is on the website, and it is on the classes page also. Ah, I boy, have the NPS re- Expo there already. Then the next one that I don't have up yet is the Heritage Life Skills. That's going to be in North Carolina. It's by Carolina Readiness Store. Jan Starrett runs that. And that will be the weekend, I believe that's the 22nd and 23rd of April. Then we're going to stay in our Gatlinburg house. Yes. Which yay. survived. Which survived. If, <laughs> hopefully we'll have electricity and water. Well, we have electricity <laughs> now. They said the water's not back, so I don't know what's going on completely. But knock on wood, it, 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 there's a structure. So right. that's that's the amazing thing about it. Right. If you um, follow our show, you've heard our, our travails with regards to the, the fire that left 14 people dead and more than 80 injured. They actually, the news with that is that they've actually charged the two teenagers that set the fire with 
I think, uh, pretty serious charges. I don't know exactly what, I hope manslaughter is involved in there because uh, clearly these people caused a lot, not just damage to property. You, know, you can replace property, you can't replace lives. Well, anyhow. Well, let me just finish my sentence. Oh, what's your sentence? <laughs> my sentence was, in between we're going to stay at our Gatlinburg house from the Heritage Life Skills, and then we're going to go back to North Carolina for the Mother Earth News event. Oh, that's in Asheville, Which is right? also near Asheville. around, yeah, the okay. same well, area. that's all, as you, I so guess. So those you, are the two that we have back-to-back -back April and May. Maybe in between we'll find some more. Well, we actually have, I mean, it sounds like we're only going to be in the southeast this year, but that's not true. We're going to be in Oregon. We're going to be in Vermont. Vermont. We're going to be in Missouri, I'm sure, and a number of other places. So we will be in every part of the country. Well, two, I guarantee you that. Uh, Self-Reliance Expo just put up their two shows. So they're going to be in Denver. That means Den we'll be in Denver. Denver, I think, is the mid-May uh huh. And then the Texas. And we'll be in Texas. Oh, we can't forget September. that. Don't mess into with Texas, September. boys and girls. Those are the two places Self Reliance Expo is going to be. So right. we'll be in both of those. So if you look up Self Reliance Expo, you'll see the exact dates. But we will be able to attend both of those. So we'll be in at least a dozen states this year. So make this sure you come come by. If you come by to see us at the shows, <laughs> yeah, see our. You can see our free lecture on survival medicine. You can take our awesome wound care suturing staple class. Uh, you. If you take that class, you will know how to do the, those procedures, and you'll know, more importantly, when to do those procedures and when not to. That's much more important than just knowing the mechanics of throwing a stitch. Uh, uh, you can also get one of our medical kits. Amy will have her entire line of medical kits there. Or, hey, just come by and say hi. Why not? I love that. Right? It's so nice Yeah, just we to have talk a lot of people. fun just to talk to people. Oh, can I mention real quickly that we've actually gotten in stock some metal mountable boxes for our bleeding kits. Yes. And created what I like to call is a really cool label for the boxes. I know it's a silly thing to just for your be really kit. excited to have a label on that box, but I created it. You know, I did this. It's not real easy to do these things. So I'm really excited that I have one that fits for uh, one bleeding kit works perfectly the size and again it's mountable and there are metal kits not plastic and the other one will hold two kits right and you can use it in a church you can use it in a school exactly. you can have it in, you can have it in your vehicle have it in your workplace or it is meant for the average citizen you don't have to be a trained combat medic to use the stuff in it it's all clearly marked every item is numbered yep it has picture instructions things. And, in fact, I just got off the phone with um, a really nice guy, Emmett, who runs a church. Uh, he is ex-military, and they put him in charge of finding, you know, they're doing some safety checks and training and providing the church with for good trauma bleeding kits. Good. So he's very excited about uh, those bleeding kits and you know what as well as some other churches and schools That's we right. sent them That's to certainly so, not you know, the first you start small and the word spreads and before you know it. so if you guys have any churches out there that might consider stocking one or whatever 
number of bleeding kits. Or might benefit from one as a donation even. Yeah, let me know, and um, I'm happy to talk with them and, and work something out. I'm very generous with the churches. I, you know, for me, that's just, I, I couldn't do better work than helping to create, keep, design, and provide medical kits and, in case anyone gets hurt. And keep uh, good people healthy Absolutely, alive. absolutely. Well, let's talk a little bit about something I've been talking about on and off, and that is respiratory infections. You know, we're in flu season, and the most dangerous complication of the flu is pneumonia, something called pneumonia. Pneumonia is an infection that affects part of the lungs that absorbs oxygen from the atmosphere. Inhalation, <gasps> like that, Did brings... Did you just breathe? I, I just breathed. Is that a normal breath or an <laughs> that exaggerated? Was a, a breath that I wanted people to hear How on the microphone. How about this? How about this? Ah, they didn't hear that. But, well, I know, but I didn't want to make noise. Well, anyhow, what we both did <laughs> brings air to tiny little sacs in the lungs called alveoli. And in pneumonia, these alveoli, which should be filled with air, right, And uh, because that's where oxygen absor- is absorbed into the body, they fill with fluid or pus instead, and it prevents oxygen from getting to you. Now, pneumonia could be viral, it could be bacterial, it could be a fungal infection. In most cases, in adults are bacterial, but viral pneumonia is more common in children, by the way, less than five years of age. Pneumonia appears at first to look similar to the flu, and signs and symptoms would be something like high fever, uh, a phlegmy cough, uh, shortness of breath, chest pain, fatigue, you might see that. Now, when a respiratory infection with those symptoms which could be seen with pneumonia, uh, influenza, just plain old influenza, when that fails to improve over time despite treatment, then you have to suspect pneumonia as the primary diagnosis or at least as a secondary infection caused by a weakened immune system from the influenza. That's what kills especially elderly folks and very young folks that wind up getting pneumonia. Now, the infection usually starts by affecting one part of the lung. Your lungs are divided into they're in divisions called lobes, L-O-B-E-S, before spreading to the entire organ. Uh, air passage through these alveoli cause bubbling and crackling sounds called rals, R-A-L-E-S, over the infected area when the person breathes. Oh, I have something And in my you mind. can actually hear that, and uh, this is how it sounds. Here. This okay, might be a you're, good sound. you're listening Now, you're listening with the stethoscope to the lungs, especially towards the bottom of the lungs. You'll hear this with somebody that has pneumonia. Crackles. You hear those that crackling sound? Well, that crackling sound is called a rowl, and rowl, and is a possible sign of pneumonia. So... That's something that's very important for you to know. I'm really good with sound effects. You are. You're awesome. You're awesome. Uh, Just give me fair warning. I can find all kinds of things to make sound effects. Good job. Now, antibiotics don't treat viral infections, but bacterial infections, like many pneumonias, will be treatable with it. And some effective drugs would be something like amoxicillin, fish mox, doxycycline, bird biotic, uh, aquatic, uh, or rather, azithromycin, ZPAC, or aquatic zithromycin, cephalexin, or uh, keflex, fishflex, uh, fishmycin, or erythromycin, and ampicillin, or fishcillin. Oh, and also fishsin, F-I-S-H hyphen C-I-N for clindamycin. So those are a number, there are a number of antibiotics that would be helpful in help in clearing up at least 
early stage pneumonia. Now, uh, in our survival medicine handbook, now in its third edition, you'll find these dosages for all these drugs. They can be found there. They can be found in the physician's desk reference, which is the sort of Bible of medicines. You'll see not only the indications and uses there, but also side effects. You'll also see usually a picture of the medication as well, so you can see what it looks like as produced by a particular pharmaceutical company. Sometimes different pharmaceutical companies will produce <clears throat> the same medicine. It should be noted that cases of antibiotic resistance have been seen for a number of these medications that I just mentioned. So you have to be ju judicious, you have to be smart, you have to be wise about using antibiotics. You should only use them if absolutely necessary. And you want to know something in normal times, please see your doctor, use your antibiotics in your storage for times of trouble. Emergencies. Only. That's right. I mean, disaster type emergencies. Now, occasionally the organism that causes pneumonia could be a fungus. And one example of this is something called coccidioid mycosis, also known as valley fever. You'll see that in the southwestern U.S. And when we went to a show in Arizona, you sort of came back I'm with, sure with I a had cough that. and... I think I still have a little bit of it. Fever and shortness of breath. I don't think it ever really went away. And Sometimes I get that terrible cough. That's true. That's true, but... And no antibiotics have ever taken care of it completely. Now, the usual treatments for this are, are rarely found in veterinary equivalents. Uh, the fluconazole is a most common one, 400 to 800 milligrams a day, and you... That is by a prescription drug. Um, there's another one, ketoconazole, that actually comes in fish form, but it's got a lot of side effects. So I usually caution people, do not use this stuff without the supervision of a physician unless there are no longer physicians. Now, that's a good point. That's a good point, isn't it? <laughs> Maybe yeah. that's true with a lot of things. If there is a, I know. if there's modern and standard medical care available, seek it out. Absolutely. That's a right. lot of people have problems with Cipro. So be really, really careful right. with Cipro. Even if somebody prescribes it, ask them if that's absolutely the only medicine you can take. I'm right. not real crazy about some of the things I've been the reading muscle about. Muscle issues, uh, shouldn't use it in kids. Yeah. So but it is indeed also available in veterinary form, so it is something that we do write about in our yes. survival medicine handbook. Yes. And also you'll find it on our website at doomandbloom.net. Uh, it's important to know that inflammation of the lungs can occur as a, uh, as a reason of other things rather than infection. Uh, if you inhale, uh, let's say, drink uh, some kind of drink or uh, food or if you vomit into the lungs... That's called aspiration. I just did it. That's called aspiration <laughs> pneumonia, and it didn't kill me this Was time. Was that on cue? Yeah, it didn't kill me this time, but it can be life-threatening. As a matter of fact, that's what killed people like uh, Jim Morrison of The Doors or a 60s rock group, Janis Joplin. Oh, they were probably out you know, of their mind on drugs, right, though. Right, and they were... Think about it. And they vomited while they were unconscious, and it went right down their windpipe, and burn their lungs, basically killing them. So, Sounds like a horrible way to die. Now, most respiratory infections are viral in nature, even though we're talking, we've talked about pneumonia, which is mostly bacterial. So remember, antibiotics are ineffective against these. There are, however, a few antiviral medicines for infections like influenza. For example, 
uh, Tamiflu, also known as Oseltamivir, or Relenza, also known as Zanamivir, VIR uh, seems to be a common suffix for these antiviral medicines. That shortens the course of the infection, but only if you take it in the first 48 hours after symptoms appear. After the first 48 hours, it may help, but less medicinal benefit seems to be noted. So that's something that you can get, and your doctor, usually, especially in flu season, probably won't have a problem writing you a prescription for Tamiflu. By the way, if somebody in your in your house gets influenza and you're concerned about getting it yourself, you can take a half dose of Tamiflu on a daily basis for five days. That might help prevent the actual infection. Now, for colds, of course, you have to concentrate. There's no cure for the cold. You got to concentrate your treatment on the symptom. For example, you got to have nasal de- nasal decongestants in your medical storage for runny noses, sore throat lozenges for sore throat. Of course, ibuprofen, uh, uh, acetaminophen, Tylenol, Advil for muscle aches and fevers. Now, don't forget the usefulness of steam inhalation. That can help breathing. Amy's going to be talking about different natural remedies for respiratory infections in just a minute. Now, one thing that's really important is you have to be really hydrated because it'll loosen up that phlegm, make it less thick, and that's something that's really a good idea. Now, cough suppressants may sometimes be helpful if the coughing is really, really bad, but remember that coughing helps remove some of this thick mucus from your airways, and it shouldn't be suppressed unless it's so bad that breathing's difficult or prevents you from sleeping or causes you to vomit. Sometimes it could be that bad. Now, although the use of antibiotics should be discouraged unless absolutely necessary, the serious nature of pneumonia leads many, even physicians, to use them more often, and the patients who are at risk will appear to have a really worsening shortness of breath, thicker phlegm over the course of time, despite everything you do. Now, there's a school of thought that recommends more liberal use of antibiotics in sick persons, people with weakened immune systems, or people over the age of 60, or those with uh, diabetes or other serious medical conditions. This population has a higher risk of death because of decreased resistance to these secondary bacterial infections. Now, you have to remember also that infections are different than asthma. Both upper and lower respiratory infections are not asthma. Asthma is a condition where the airways become constricted in a kind of spasm. We've talked about it in previous shows. We're going to be talking about it this year, uh, coming year too. Uh, Asthma may occur as an allergic response or it could be associated with some respiratory infections like, for example, childhood croup, which is terrible. It causes a child to have trouble breathing, wheezing, just like a really bad asthma attack, except they have a fever, which ordinarily you don't have with regular asthma. And so that's the deal with that. And the treatment of asthma, of course, involves different medications oftentimes than those used with colds or flus. Hey, I want to take a second Yes. <laughs> to ask our audience a question. Have you ever felt the joy and satisfaction that you get <laughs> from helping the elderly I do every day. Well, I, yes, you do, actually. Well, I'm elderly, sure enough. How about helping this little old man and your family by getting a copy of our brand new third edition of the Survival Medicine Handbook, the essential guide for when medical help is not on the way? You'll get 700 pages, over 150 medical topics that you might have to confront in a disaster, epidemic, zombie apocalypse, whatever. (laughs) Find it on Amazon.com or at our website if you want a signed copy at doomandbloom.net. 
make sure you put us in your survival library. I promise you, you'll be glad that you did. You know, I still find that people are buying second or even first editions of the book. Maybe it's, I don't know, collector's editions, I don't know. But there is a third edition. Make sure that you know that and give those old copies to someone you love. And keep the latest. I think it's the greatest. <laughs> but then I would, wouldn't I? Well, let's tell them the difference. I think there's a little confusion on the front cover. But there's one simple difference. What's that? The medical kit on the cover... Of the third edition, the new edition is white. The X, the, the X first is white. aid box has a white first aid cross. I'll call it a first aid cross, but it, I'm not te- technically, it's not a first aid cross. It's just a white cross. Right. The second edition <laughs> has a red cross, and the, the and the first edition has a white cross on a red background. It does look similar, but look for the white cross, and you'll have the most current version of the book. Hey, you know, we've talked about antibiotics and antivirals, antiviral drugs for respiratory infections, but what about natural remedies? Here is the beautiful <laughs> nurse Amy who's going to tell you all about them. Well, many of the strategies and treatments that we just not only talked about on this show, but the past, I think, two or three shows um, were basic strategies using um, modern medicine and and things that you could buy at the drugstore at at this current time but you know what's going to happen if they're no longer available or no longer produced due to some major catastrophe and and really you got to think about it in that circumstance you're going to have to look to natural substances we had all of this before we had these pharmaceuticals. This is nothing new, folks. It's not like somebody suddenly invented natural medicine and, wow, I didn't know about that. Well, if you didn't know about it, it's because your grandparents or your great-grandparents, who probably did know about it, just didn't pass it on. It got lost, which is totally sad. So you Again, you might have to look to natural substances to help alleviate some of these various respiratory symptoms and also not only to treat the symptoms but to strengthen your own body because you're really the soldier. You are what makes you better. You could take antibiotics. You can take antivirals. But truly, it's your own body that finishes off the job. If you have a very weakened immune system, you can take antibiotics and antivirals to the cows come home. And most likely when you stop those medicines, because you can't take them forever, um, might still be lingering in your body and come back with a vengeance. So, you know, you really need to think about your body's immune system as your first line of not only defense, but response to an infection. Historically, vitamin C, vitamin E, um, other things called antioxidants are regularly taken, and they're supposed to decrease the frequency and severity of respiratory infections. Now, many studies confirm their usefulness, although the amount of downtime due to colds or flus per year was only decreased by one day in a study. You know what? I'll take that one day. Because that's one last day that you're feeling down and out. 
Despite this, antioxidant support of the immune system should be encouraged, especially if you have um, a low level. There's a big problem with vitamin D in this country. Almost everybody I talk to, my daughter just got tested. One of my daughters just got tested. She's low. Uh, Dr. Bones is low. I'm low. In fact, I just got another result after I've been taking vitamin D. And by the way, folks, I live in South Florida and I go out for a walk at least once a day. And lately we've been going twice a day to keep ourselves healthy. I'm outside and I've got sleeveless shirts on. I might wear sunglasses, but I'm being exposed to the sun for at least 20 minutes once or twice a day. So if I'm low in vitamin D, imagine you folks up north. You've got cloudy days. You're freezing to death, so you have 24 layers. Not really, but, you know, a lot of layers on. Actually, you kind of have 24 layers on because if I take my thin shirt and put 24 of them on, it's probably as thick as your sweaters. So you're not getting any of the sunlight, and it might not be around, especially if it's stormy and, and snowing. And who wants to go out and hang outside anyway when it's like that? You want to stay warm. So think about your antioxidant levels. Think about the diet you're eating. Fruits and vegetables, fresh, organic, organic, and washed. Okay? Wash these things. They're not always washed really well before you get them in your hand. So... Wash these things before you eat them, especially if they have a skin that you're going to be consuming. And most natural remedies are meant to target uh, individual symptoms, such as something for nasal congestion or something for fever. However, there are a number of alternative remedies that are reported to stimulate the entire immune system. Again, remember your whole body is the army and it's there to fight, and so you need to make your army nice and strong. Get them going. So consider these essential oils. Geranium, clove bud, tea tree, and lavender. All of those. Geranium, clove bud, tea tree, and lavender. You would use these oils uh, during a procedure called direct inhalation therapy, which is directly opposite of what you guys heard us doing a few minutes ago, which was exhaling, you would want to be inhaling. And what you do is you place two to three drops on the palm of your hands, sort of warm the oil by rubbing your hands together, sound effect. Then bring your hands up to your nose and mouth and breathe like three to five times, slowly and deeply, almost like you're doing meditation and yoga just really breathe slowly think about it relax and breathe normally for two minutes after that and then repeat the process so what you don't want to do is keep those oils on your hands up in front of your face from for more than those three to five breaths at a time do it three to five breaths wait two minutes just breathe normally relax and then you can reintroduce your hands with the oils on them and do it again so that's okay and you can take after you've done it the second time take the excess oil that might still be on your hands although I will tell you that essential oils 
they just kind of disappear on you. They're, I know it says they're oils, but they're not true oils in the sense of like a, an olive oil that's just going to sit on the outside of your skin. These things absorb really fast, especially if you've ever put anything on the bottom of your feet. It's basically gone within <clears throat> maybe a minute. So what you can do is just take that oil, rub it on the back of your neck, the base of your neck, and maybe put something on your temples, like one or, don't do the clove bud oil, but you can do the lavender. If you mix it with a carrier oil, you can put that on your, um, your temples. And also that helps you to relax. Many of the herbs are helpful when adjusted as tea. And popular ones for this, for general respiratory immune support, are elderberry, echinacea, licorice root, golden seal, chamomile, peppermint, and ginseng. And I know there's a whole bunch of others, but those are probably the most well-known. Additionally, antibacterial action has been found in garlic and onion oil. Now, one thing I want to recommend for the garlic, if you're going to do that, is to get the freshest garlic you can find. And you're going to just take a clove. If you can handle a clove, that's awesome. If you can't, do a half a clove. Crush it. You might want to use one of those garlic presses. And mix that with a tablespoon of raw, unprocessed honey. If you can get local honey, again, even better and you're just gonna eat this to put the crushed garlic and the honey on the spoon and just down it and you can also use um, onion oil um, that would probably be a little more for cooking but another application is um, putting it on your feet you can put onion oil on the bottom of your feet people have even talked about putting slices of onions on the bottom of your feet and put socks on. Probably not going to make you smell great if you have a husband or wife in the bed with you. You can be like, what are you doing? Eating garlic and putting onions on your feet? Well, it just might work. Hey, it doesn't hurt, right? And if it helps, great. Fresh cinnamon and powdered cayenne pepper. Um... I can think of great things to do with those. Um, if you're having a nice tea or a coffee, you can sprinkle cinnamon on it. You could put cinnamon, ooh, toast with raw honey spread over it instead of butter, and then sprinkle a little fresh cinnamon on it. Sounds great, doesn't it? Yum. Almost like um, some toast my mom used to make with uh, cinnamon sugar. Um, the powdered cayenne pepper, a little more difficult, but if you can stand it, maybe in some juice, um, you don't need much, you know, just a pinch. Uh, you can also do it as a gargle. You can do, um, warm salt water with a little cayenne pepper. Gonna burn a little bit, but it's supposed to help sore throats. Other options um, include, of course, the raw and processed honey, lemon, uh, apple cider vinegar, which are added to the above teas. 
Other than general treatments, there are several good remedies that treat specific symptoms associated with colds and flus. To treat a fever, for example, consider teas made from the following herbs. Echinacea, licorice root, yarrow, fennel, catnip, and lemon balm. And folks, you can grow pretty much all of these if you don't live in South Florida. I can grow some of these, um, but I can't grow all of them. It, they just can't take the extreme heat. But pretty much everyone north of Orlando or Jacksonville off of Florida, you guys have better weather. So you can grow a whole lot of these. The underbark of willow or poplar or aspen trees are also known to be a source of salicin, which is the essential ingredient in aspirin. Strip off the outer bark, then take several strips of the green underbark, okay, not the hard outside, but the squishier green, this more moist green underbark, and make a tea out of it. Now, I'm not going to tell you a dosage because every tree is different. How much you put in it, I wouldn't put too much, maybe a couple of shavings, if you know, like a little shaving, maybe an inch or two long, thin, and soak those in the, the hot water. But it works as aspirin does to decrease the fever. Other strategies to combat fever include a sponge bath with water and vinegar. Uh, don't make that cold, cold water. Make it warm. Okay, you don't want the person to start shivering uncontrollably. In the same vein, uh, we've used um, herbal aerosol spritzers. Combine several drops of lavender, chamomile, thyme, uh, and thyme essential oils with water. Or you can also combine them with uh, witch hazel. And spray that not in the face, but the chest, the back, the arms, the legs... Um, it's very, very cooling, and uh, it might help somebody with fevers to not only feel better, but to uh, lower the fever. To deal with congestion that goes along with most respiratory infections, consider using the direct inhalation therapy, which I described to you folks, putting it on your hands, rubbing them together, taking the deep breaths, waiting a couple minutes, and then doing it once again. Um so you can use these ones we just talked about, the chamomile, the lavender, uh, the thyme, uh, as the, the, um, the inhalation therapy. You can use them as chest salves. Um, there are actually really wonderful chest salves I found um, on Mountain Rose Herbs. I love that site, and I know those people have small batches, and they're they're really really particular with their ingredients, and you know what you're getting. Uh, essential oils of eucalyptus, rosemary, anise, peppermint, tea tree, pine, and thyme are other herbs that you can use uh, for inhalation, but you do it with a steam method. So what you're doing is you're taking, not boiling, but very hot water, which you're not going to touch, okay? You're not putting your face in it. You're not touching your hands in it. But you're going to add any one of those essential herbs 
either you can use them fresh if you want but you can use it just as the essential oils remember it's eucalyptus rosemary anise peppermint tea tree pine or thyme be careful with pine some people are allergic to it like myself um, just put, place a few drops of the essential oil in the steaming water not boiling lower your face cover the back of your head um, a towel even if you only have a sheet um, a, a bathrobe just something that sort of isolates you like a tent so that the steam doesn't just drift away but you know as you're inhaling it it's going up into your nose and your mouth herbal teas that relieve congestion include stinging nettle licorice root peppermint anise again cayenne pepper sage and dandelion mix these with honey and drink three to four times a day as needed fresh horseradish oof if you've ever had a little bit too much horseradish you'll be you understand it will open your airways there is no doubt so if you want to try that you can take a quarter not anything bare a quarter teaspoon orally three times a day to make it a little more palatable you may want to mix that with ta-da raw unprocessed honey my favorite um, plain sterile solution via a nasal spray you can self make those or a neti pot is used both by conventional and alternative healers be aware that failure to assure sterility of that solution may cause serious infections so what that means is do not turn the tap on or a water hose or lake water or stream water and use that to put straight up your nose people have gotten serious infections think about the poor woman who cut her leg she ended up going to the doctor she got a bunch of staples and got the flesh eating bacteria and lost both of her hands and basically both of her legs one from the knee down one from the hip down they're gone because they had this bacteria in the wound what if you took that bacteria, that water from that lake, and you shoved that straight up into your sinus system? It's possible you could get that infection too. And that is not something you want. So please, 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 please filter, boil. If you can find sterile solution with salt water, that would be great. So use the saline or salt solution. And we actually have a recipe for that on our website if you want to find out how to make that. For aches and pains due to colds, use salves, which contain essential oils of St. John's wort, eucalyptus, camphor, lavender, peppermint, rosemary, and my very favorite, arnica, makes an awesome salve for pain. Helpful teas to relieve muscle aches include passionflower, chamomile, valerian root, willow underbark, which we described that using the green underbark, ginger, 
feverfew and rosemary and you can drink those warm with a little raw honey added three to four times a day for the occasional sore throat the time honored remedy includes the honey and garlic syrups or you can just mix them like I said with a garlic press and a, a tablespoon of raw unprocessed honey uh, you can also add ginger uh, tilden flour or sage teas now drink these warm with honey and maybe a little fresh squeezed lemon a few times a day gargling with salt water I am so glad my mom knew about this helps to bring relief to sore throats it really really does work you can also use licorice root and honey lozenges which are popular to decrease painful painful swelling a study in uh, Israel Israel evaluated a substance found in black elderberries known as sambucal it found that those who were given it substantially had substantially shorter periods of flu symptoms than those given placebos. Sambucol is thought to have strong antioxidant properties. What does that do? Help strengthen the immune system so you can fight harder and better. It's important to remember that individual response to a particular herbal product differs from person to person just like the herb differs from plant to plant even those that are right next to each other might one might be a little stronger and one might be less strong so to rem remember please stop using it immediately if you notice any negative effects also the quality of an essential oil may differ depending on different factors including rainfall rainfall soil conditions or the time of year harvested um, I highly recommend please checking out Mountain Rose Herbs they're not paying me to do this advertisement I just have met them they're awesome I do have a link on my website if you wanted to click on that it is an affiliate link um, but if you want to just Google it, go ahead and do that. It's fine. I really, really believe in, in these essential oils. So prevention of respiratory infections. Let's talk a little bit about that. We're kind of running out of time. Good respiratory hygiene is necessary to prevent patients with respiratory infections from transmitting germs to others. If you are the caregiver, okay, you're the person, the medic, the mom, the person who is going to take care of all the sick people around you. Remember, perform rigorous hand hygiene before and after contact with the person or people. Wash soiled hands with soap and water for 15 seconds or clean your hands with alcohol-based sanitizer. So with each person that you take care of, you must wash your hands before and after because what you never want to do is bring your germs from patient A to patient B because they might have two completely different things and you don't want to cross-contaminate because patient two is already dealing with themselves, what's going on with them. They don't need to deal also with what patient one has. So before and after each patient alcohol-based hand sanitizer is not going to clean off dirt or grime or blood 
okay? So you just might have to figure out some way to scrub your hands between these patients. You can't just use alcohol-based sanitizer. It is not a better solution than scrubbing your hands, okay? And there are some things that you get on your hands, um, chemicals, something that might be oily, things that you really do need to scrub and wash off with special cleansers. So don't just think hand sanitizers, just exactly the same. Make sure to wash down all possibly contaminated surfaces, such as kitchen counters, doorknobs, with an appropriate disinfectant. Now, dilute bleach solutions will do very well for these things. Isolate sick individuals in a separate quarantine area, especially those with a high fever. Wear gloves and a mask at all times when treating someone with a contagious respiratory illness. And don't self-medicate, especially with antibiotics. Unless modern medical care is not accessible for the foreseeable future, and I'm sure if you've been listening to the series of respiratory infections, viral, 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 maybe bacterial. Okay, that's what you need to think. You don't think bacterial, 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 maybe viral. It's completely opposite, okay? And... When it's viral, those antibiotics are not going to work. Only antivirals may work. If you are the patient, cover your mouth and nose with tissues. Dispose of those tissues safely. Don't stick them back in your pocket, whether it's your shirt pocket or your pants pocket. Um, Don't just walk around with them in your hand because you might end up touching things and... What's on the tissue is nasty. So throw it away. Okay, please. If you're sick, throw that away. Use a mask if you're coughing or sneezing a lot. You know, that's just common courtesy. If you have to go to work, you have to go somewhere, and you're hacking nastily, and you know you're actually sick. I mean, there are people who have chronic coughs. Like I have this weird cough that I get every once in a while. I'm not sick. I'm not going to spread germs, but I cover my mouth and I wash my hands immediately. But if you know you're sick, put a mask on. That's going to stop those sneezes and coughs because, believe me, droplets fly out of your mouth whether you think so or not. And you're going to help prevent others from getting sick. And that's just common courtesy. It's just the nice thing to do. Especially if you're in isolation, okay, we're talking survival situation, put on a mask. So when your caregiver walks in and you happen to randomly quickly sneeze and you can't cover your face or cough, then those germs don't fly into the face of your caregiver. This is the last thing you want to do is get your caregiver sick, believe me, because then there's nobody to bring you water and food and you're, you know what, all over again. (laughs) It's more important for you to wear one. Keep at least four feet away from healthy people if possible. And this is actually the average distance that air droplets will spread during a cough. So it's a safer distance. Many people think they can avoid respiratory infections by staying inside out of the cold. Actually, being in crowded close spaces 
increases the germ count in the air and therefore your chances of getting infected. Others believe that vitamin C and zinc will prevent colds and flus. I don't think so. I think there are people who are super healthy, eat really super healthy, they juice all the time, and you know what? They get in some crowd and before they know it, they're sick. So it might decrease the duration of the illness if you're healthy and you take these supplements, but it doesn't do anything to actually prevent the exposure of the virus, and that's really important to know. Well, we have come to the end of our show. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. That was awesome, you. <laughs> wow, that's a lot of information. And I, you know, I had a lot more to say, but I was looking at the time. <laughs> well, you folks out there, thank you so much. Uh, yeah, I'm just going to remind you, our website is doomandbloom.net. My store is store.doomandbloom.net. Uh, email is drbonespodcast at aol.com. And you can check out where we're going to be on the classes pages of the main of doomandbloom.net. Thanks so much for listening. See you next week. Hey, I'm Joe Alton, MD. I'm here to remind you that disasters can happen anytime, anywhere, and you need to know what to do in an emergency. The new 2016 third edition of the Survival Medicine Handbook is the essential guide for when medical help is not on the way. The Survival Medicine Handbook covers every issue you'll face in times of trouble, and it's all in plain English. Get the Survival Medicine Handbook at Amazon.com. I guarantee one day you'll be glad you did.